Hey, welcome. It's uh, Easter 2021. He's risen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're going to have an amazing time. I just love the series on the resurrection. So we'll get right into it. You ready? Here we go. Well, bless all you folks online. Hope you're enjoying yourself. I love Easter, so I'm going to get at it. I'm going to get at the Easter sermon. I've really enjoyed the fact that we have uh, spent this season. Uh, we didn't just take Easter for the resurrection, but we've done it for, you know, four weeks in a row now, the resurrection. It's a big deal, the resurrection. I know on the, on the screen there we had the resurrection. It changes everything. I mean, it really does change everything. It really does. So as Cheryl said, COVID. I mean, I, I was looking at an article and, and uh, see this picture right here, the old COVID thing. I read a bunch of articles, you know, this changes everything. It says COVID-19, the virus that changed the world. It changed the world. Well, you know, I really think we're going to see an amazing comeback. The world, even the world has come through difficult times, wars and famines and horrible things that they may have thought they'd never return from, but we're going to come through this. But more than that, we're going to come through it because God's eternal purpose will prevail. You know, I know that the church is going to be a church of glory and power and influence. It says the glory of this house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. And that didn't happen with the Temple of Herod because the Temple of Herod didn't look anything like the Temple of Solomon. It was speaking of a temple that's not built with stones, but it's built with Jesus. It's living stones that are being placed together to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. And that glorious temple is going to rise and going to manifest incredible power and glory. The church isn't going to leave on the last days. <laughs> We're not going to slide out the back door whimpering and sniveling. It's a church glorious, a church victorious that's going to welcome the king of glory coming as he left in the clouds and manifesting his goodness. And so I don't know what your ending is, but mine is triumphant and glorious, and that's the one in the book. It really is. To, to misunderstand that, you've got to read into it a bunch of nonsense, and sadly people do. But we're believing for a great God, a good, good God. And you know, you know what really changes everything? Easter changes everything. The resurrection changed everything. The resurrection began something that is continuing to increase today. You see, if, if I were to pass away, my wife might celebrate memories of my love. She might say, I remember my husband. I remember his love. I remember his devotion. And it might be a memory of somebody who died. But you see, Jesus didn't just die for us. He is risen. There is a man who, whose life was laid down. There is a body that died and was in a tomb, but that body is risen today. And I'm not remembering good things that God did for me. I'm living in the reality that God is with me now, enforcing his reign, enforcing his will, because we serve a risen Savior. And we are the church of a risen Christ. That's why we don't have the Sabbath on Saturday. We have it on Sunday because we celebrate the resurrection. And so he is risen, he is risen indeed. We talked about the fact of the resurrection the first Sunday. And you've got to know the fact of the resurrection. Because here's what the resurrection says. Uh, Romans 4.25, Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins. And he was raised back to life to prove that he has made us right with God. Are you right with God? Is Jesus risen? Are you right with God? Is Jesus risen? If Jesus is risen, then you are absolutely right with God. He was raised from the dead to prove. He was raised the, from the dead to enforce that your sins are obliterated. Your sin is gone. And you are made the very righteousness of God himself. Now that's the fact of resurrection. Then you better know that the resurrection is a fact. And if he is risen, and that's a fact, then you are absolutely the righteousness of God. So you got to know the fact of resurrection. We covered that. Little recap. Little recap. 
All right, the face of resurrection. See, the, the resurrection is a doctrine. It absolutely is. It's an amazing truth. It's, a, it's an event in history. It's something powerful. But the resurrection is personal. The resurrection has a face. And the resurrection is the person of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Not I was or I will be, but I am the person of Jesus Christ, my loving Lord and Savior. He's alive today. There's a face to the resurrection and he's face to face with you we serve a risen savior and his name is jesus and he knows your name too he personally did it because he loves you he didn't do it just to show he was awesome he did it because he's nuts about you and you see, on the day of first fruits, the first fruits had to be experienced by God. The first fruits were experienced by the Father alone. And the first fruits, when Jesus rose on the day of first fruits, and he was the prophetic reality of the first fruits, the first fruits belonged to God alone. Well, Jesus decided, Father, before you taste and experience the freshness of a risen Christ, I gotta stop by and see Mary. I gotta drop by. I'm just gonna do a little drop by, because there's Mary. I see her weeping at an empty tomb saying, where is my Lord? And Jesus stopped by and he said, Mary, why are you weeping? Mary, and he's a personal God. And you know, in your life and in your world and even in this COVID nonsense and everything else that may come against you, you have a personal God. He's a resurrected Christ. He's a powerful, mighty God. We sang about him. Wasn't that awesome? Well, I hate to interrupt that with a sermon. But he is everything we sang about. He really, really is. And he's a good, good God. So there's a face to the resurrection. Jesus said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. So good, so good. Then we had the focus of the resurrection. If you didn't hear that sermon, you need to. If you did hear it, you need to listen to it again. I am the leader of the Zach Sloan fan club. I mean, I just love that sermon. I tell you, I got saved all over again. I accepted Jesus. Because, you know, the resurrection changes your lens about everything. It changes your focus about everything. It takes you from empty, hopeless religion to a relationship with a wonderful, powerful, living God. It takes you from surviving to thriving in the goodness and in the greatness of God. And it takes you from, from a, a place of temporal to the eternal. I love this verse, 1 Peter 1, 3-5 says, He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. He is risen, therefore we've been begotten to a living hope hope. It's not, it's not a hope. It's not an empty hope. It's a living hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He is. There is a way to the Father been made through the veil of his flesh. We have open access to the Father, and it's a wonderful thing. From the dead, the inheritance, listen to this, it's an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, it does not fade away, and it is reserved for you. Isn't that awesome? Nothing can take that from you. Nothing can corrupt it or mess it up. It is yours, and you got to change your whole focus on the finished work of the cross. Don't get dumbed down on religion. You know, the world was judged when Jesus died. When you get to heaven, your expectation is, thank you, Father, and his expectation is to bless you with a glorious inheritance. And that's because he did it all from beginning to end. You need to go back, visit that. Then we get the Friday of resurrection, and if you weren't here Friday, you can watch that online. But Stefan took care of the communion service on, on Good Friday. And Good Friday, there is a Friday to the resurrection because to be raised, something had to die. And you know what? Jesus died. But you know what? Jesus was not killed. He was not murdered because you couldn't kill him because in him was the light of life. 
He was full of life. Even sin, the sin of the whole world, past, present, future, every evil, dirty, foul, vile thing that's ever been committed in generations, all of that was placed upon him. He bodily took everything, disease, sickness, all wanton nonsense, corrupt, awful stuff. He took the sin of the whole world, past, present, and future, and it could not kill him. His body bore it. His body took it. It did not kill him. He said, Father, unto you I commit my spirit. And he left his body, and his body died. That, that earth suit, that body, it really, really died. The man died, and he was laid in a tomb. But it wasn't sin that killed him. He said, you can't take my life. I willfully lay it down. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And you see, here's, here's the thing. Let me read a couple of scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that awesome? I mean, so good. Colossians, I don't have this one on the screen, but Colossians 1, 20 and 22, you should read it. It says, having made peace through the blood of his cross and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind. You're not an enemy of God. You're an enemy in your mind because in your mind you feel condemned. You feel shame. You feel guilt. You feel like I don't deserve this love. It's in your mind. That's why your mind needs to be renewed because it's your mind that continues to shame you and blame you. The enemy comes in and it says, the enemy, you see, you have thoughts. God puts thoughts in your head, but the enemy does too. And here sometimes the enemy confuses you and he says, I say, did I think that? He says, you did. He put it there. He put that stupid thing there, and, you, and you, you know, you didn't think that. You need to rebuke him and put him down. But it's in your minds that struggle is. But you know what? He is completely in your mind. Yet now he has reconciled in his body, in the body of his flesh through death, and he has presented you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. His sight. So I'm holy, I'm blameless, and I'm beyond reproach in Pastor Carl's sight because he doesn't know everything about me. I've hidden some stuff from him, so he thinks I'm a good guy. No, it's not in my sight. It's not in your, your spouse's sight or your children's sight or your neighbor's sight. You've been made blameless, pure, and holy in the sight of God. How? Because of the finished work of the cross and the risen Christ, he is alive to enforce his will in your life. Do you still screw up? I absolutely do. And he comes and has conversations with me. How's that working for you? Not so good. He says, well, let's drop that then. But you know, I can be a pure and a holy person and do something stupid. It doesn't make me stupid. It doesn't make me a sinner. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint, totally transformed and redeemed. And I am holy and blameless in the sight of Almighty God. That's the truth. That's the truth. You know, I'm not trying to get somewhere. I'm already there. I'm someone who's already there who sometimes behaves like I'm not. But I am. It's like if you, you're not a pig, are you? Are you a pig? If you were jumping around in a mud puddle with a whole bunch of pigs, I say, you must be a pig. No, you're still, you're still yourself. You're still who you are, but you're not behaving out of your proper nature. And you've got a new nature. You are a partaker of divine nature. That's what Peter says. You're a partaker of divine nature. And sometimes even partakers of divine nature still do silly things. You know, you can be a really, really good person, and you can do really, really good stuff, and it doesn't make you a saint. You can be wonderful. You can be the most perfect specimen ever. Just, wow, what a really good person. All of your goodness. You know what the Word says about your righteousness? It's filthy rags. Doesn't measure up to nothing. It's not about people trying to be good. It's about God made me good. He didn't just make me good. He made me the quality of what he made me, the righteousness of God himself. 
Why do people have such a hard time? They're fighting in their heads because their head goes, that can't be true. It's absolutely true. That's why it's called good news. It's good news. Wowzers. Okay, anyway, well, lots of stuff there. A lot of freebies thrown in there. It's the precious blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19 says, but we've been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus without blemish and without spot. It says with his blood, Acts 20, verse 28, it says, the church of God was purchased with his own blood. It's precious blood. It's redeeming blood. It's sanctifying blood. It was the blood of God. You see, when Jesus' perfect blood was shed, all things are redeemed. Nothing can come into the presence of the Father without blood. But when his blood was poured over top of that body that took all the sin, that's why his body could be raised. That body that was covered in sin was also baptized in the blood of God. And the blood of God baptized that broken body on the cross. And that dead body could be raised because the blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sin. And because of that, he's risen today. Because there's power. There's power. There's mighty working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Well, there's power, power, wonder, working power. Where's the band? Where's the band? Easy now. Don't get too excited, all right? Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there is power. Romans 6, 18. And having been set free from sin, and having been set free from sin, not going to be, but having been set free from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. I wake up every day and I go, I'm going to do good stuff today. I'm going to love on people today. I'm going to forgive anybody who tries to offend me today. I'm going to walk in the righteousness of Christ today. Why? Because I have become a slave to good stuff. I mean, slavery, a horrible thing. What a weird analogy to use. But he says, you've literally become in bondage to righteousness. You can't even help yourself. Do you know, to do a right thing or to do a right act doesn't initiate with you. It comes from him. And because you have his spirit in you, the spirit of resurrection power and life, that spirit of life has set you free from sin and has made you a slave to doing good stuff. I'm just trying to do good stuff, Pastor. You don't have to try. I'm a slave. I can't even help myself. I can't help myself. Today I'm going to do more good stuff. Today I'm going to manifest the righteousness of Christ because he has set me absolutely free from sin and he's made me a slave to righteousness. Oh, so that was good Friday. We want to finish it up. We're going to finish it up. Say finish it up, Pastor. All right, here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? We're going to talk about the force. Do you notice it's all F words, right? It's the force. We had the facts. We had the, we had the face. We had the focus. We had the Friday. And now it's the force. May the force be with you and with you. Amen? I tell you, the reason I say this is that God is for us. God is for us. There is a force at work in your life because of the resurrection. I mean, I'm bringing out the big guns today. You ready? I mean, the big canon of goodness. I mean, one of my favorite books, the book of Romans, I love the book of Romans, and one of my favorite chapters is chapter 8. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, my goodness, what a great chapter. But then the end of Romans, that's, that's like my favorite part of Romans chapter 8 is at the end. And at the end, we're just going to bring out the big canon of goodness and just blow away all the nonsense today and let you walk in the force of the resurrection. Hey, hey, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? 
mean, what are you going to say to that? I mean, now, Paul, literally, he, it, it, the book is written like he's dictating. It's like he's pacing back and forth. And, and he says another fellow is writing as he speaks. So he's, he's, he's doing this in one, one speech, in one long declaration. He's, he's dictating to somebody all about the wonderful salvation that is ours in Christ. And he's, he's downloading and unpacking all of the good things that are ours in God. And then he comes to this point and says, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, after saying all of that, I mean, what do you got to say about that, huh? I mean, now hearing all of those wonderful things, what are you going to say? What have you got to say about that? Well, well, what wonderful things? There's so many, you should read them. But in chapter 1, 16 and 17, it says, I'm going to tell you about the good news. And what is the good news? It's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God to change the whole world. I'm going to share with you a gospel that will change everything. And what is it? It's a righteousness, not of man trying to approach God. It's a righteousness from God himself that is by faith. Faith from beginning to end, the just shall live by works. No, the just shall live by faith. I mean, this is amazing. Right in chapter 1, boom, he's blowing our minds. He's going through it. Then he comes to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Everybody knows that one, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, remember chapter 23, 23. For all have sinned, but you see there's a comma there. It doesn't stop there. It actually goes on. It says all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So here's the thing, everybody, every single person, I'm going to take the whole globe, I'm going to put them in one big basket. Missed the point. You missed the mark. You missed the standard, which was the glory of God. All of creation has fallen, and they've missed the standard, the glory of God. So he puts them all into one big, massive lump. And then what's he say? So that we can freely justify you and freely redeem you and give you the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's good stuff. I don't know how you can get away from that. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Got an amen from Ben. Ben gave me an amen. Romans 5, Romans 5, one of my favorite verses. Sorry, I don't have these on the screen, but you can look at it. Romans 5, 17, please, you got to grab this. For it is by one man's offense that death reigned through the one man. Because of what Adam did, all of creation fell. One man. Have you seen what happened because of one man blew it? You know why COVID is in the world today? Because one man fell. And we see the evidence of, of what happened through one man brokenness entered into the world. But here's what it says. Look, it says, it says, by one man, his offense, death reigned through the one man. But how much more, much more, those who receive, I mean, if you say, here it is, do you see how powerful the effect of sin has been? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you something much more powerful. Much more. Much more, those who receive the abundance of his grace and the gift of righteousness. What is righteousness? It's a gift who receive the gift of righteousness, what will they do? In the sweet by and by, they get to be with Jesus. No, it says they will reign in life through one Christ Jesus. Wow. So, so Paul is saying, he's been sharing all this. He's, this truth has been pouring out of him. And then he gets to the end of chapter 8. He says, wow. I mean, I, I, wow, what wonderful stuff I just shared. What do you got to say about all that wonderful stuff I just shared? What is your response to all of that? And his response was, if God is for us, who can be against us? And you see, it's a rhetorical question. You're not supposed to answer those. You're just supposed to say yes to those, right? Like when my wife comes home and her hair got done and it's 
some funny orange color, and she says, how do you like my hair? That's not a question you're supposed to answer. You just kind of go, hey, <laughs> what it is? Well, this is a fantastic question, and it's not to be answered, it's to be received. If God is for us, meaning since God is for us. Come on, is God for you? I'm telling you, here's a, I got good news for you today. God is for you. The one who speaks to light, he speaks to atoms, he speaks to the smallest particles and says, let there be light. <sighs> he is for you. The one with the word causes land and seas and oceans to stand up. The one who creates things with his voice. He is for you. Please settle down. Please stop. I'm trying to finish. Man, I'm telling you, what do you got to say about all this? If God is for you, who can be against you? Listen to verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything? He who gave his own son, won't he also along with him? And he did. Did he give us a son? Did he? Did he give us a son? Then here's what the author says. He says, won't he then also along with him give you everything? How many needs some everythings? How many got some stuff you need? You know what? He's the giver. Every good gift comes from the Father of lights. And he's a good giver. It's from, it's from the, the larger to the lesser. This is his argument. If he's going to give you the big thing, the little stuff, he's going to cover it all. Like, like let me show you this right here. Now, if, if I said I'm going to give you a house, I mean, it would be too much for you to ask, uh, is there toilet paper? Now, I know about a year ago, if there was toilet paper, that was a miracle. But you, know, but, but you know what? It's not too much to ask. If somebody's giving you a house, you go like, is there toilet paper? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, we've got it all covered. Now, now, here's another. This is a big deal. Now, imagine that somebody gave you season's tickets to the Leafs, you know? And then, and it's box seats. It's your box seat season tickets to the Leafs. I mean, yeah, how many got an amen with that? It was so awesome. I mean, I went to the CIBC suite at, at uh, the, what's it called now? The Air Canada Center? Or the, I don't know. They changed the names. But, but I'm there, and I go in, and man, I tell you, you ever seen the show, or the, the show, the, the games when the middle seats are empty partway through the second and third period? You wonder where all those, those people are down eating because the food is really, really good. And I mean, you go down between periods, and they put this feast out, and then they're going, the game's starting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Is it, is it too much to give you box seats and then not say, can I get a hot dog? Could I, could I get a hot dog with that? You know what? If you're going to give somebody, you know, box seat season tickets, trust me, you can get a hot dog. Let, let me show you one more. You ready? He who gave his own son for you, how much more along with him will he not give you all things? And don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say, Father, can you help me with this? Because he didn't just save you and say, now behave yourself. He saved you to lavish on you every day of your life, his goodness. It says, it says in the Proverbs, it says, daily he loads me with benefits. Daily he loads me with benefits. Now, some of you folks are afraid to take the benefits, and he's just about to have a hernia because he's been hanging on to your benefits for so long. I mean, give God a break and just say, I receive. Go ahead, say, I receive. Because daily he loathes you. Verse 33 says, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. Who dares accuse us? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Oh, my goodness. I mean, these are the big guns. 
I mean, man, I can't, who, who dares accuse you? I mean, who has declared you righteous? Well, you did, and what do you know? I'm not saying you're righteous. The book is. This book, this book properly divided and properly understood is declaring right here. It says, God himself has given us right standing with himself. Ha! Man, I'm telling you, verse 34, who will condemn us then? No one. Sadly, people condemn themselves or they, they condemn because they just don't feel it. it. It can't be right that we're worthy of that kind of righteousness and affection. That's why it's called good news. Man, man, settle down. Please settle down. No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. He's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. The devil accuses you. You accuse you. Your friends will accuse you. All manner of nonsense will accuse you. Does God accuse you? No. Who is it who declared you righteous? God himself. Can anyone else get in the way of that? Absolutely not. Hey, hey, hey. Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can anything? You see, Christ died for us. He was raised to life for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, persecution, hunger, if we're destitute or in danger, if we're threatened with death? Now, what Paul is declaring there is all things he experienced. He experienced all of those things. I'm a child of God. I'm writing this to you. I'm telling you, you are the righteous of God. I'm telling you that you have received, you know, his life. You're an inheritance of God's life itself. Does that mean that God doesn't love us? Knowing all of that, what about when we go through trouble? What about when I go through difficulties, Pastor? Like, look at the, not yet, not yet. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But look at all those, diff what about when I go through that? Does that mean that God's pulled back from us? What about COVID-19, Pastor? I mean, I mean, if God's forced and all that, what's with this nonsense? Does it mean that God's love is, has pulled away from us? I mean, I mean, can anything separate us? Does it mean that he no longer loves us when we go through trouble or calamity or persecution or if we're hungry and destitute and in danger? Does that mean that, that he's no longer for us, Pastor? Does that, is this COVID-19? Is God! are you paying attention down here you know we're going to go through things we're going to go through stuff but we are more than conquerors in christ jesus in all of these things in not in the world but in all of these things the persecutions the troubles the trials the famine the sword the the, the, the scourge of death in all of these things in these things in these things what are you in these things oh i feel beat up i feel hurt i got questions i don't know what are you in all of these things i am more than a conqueror in all of these things because things happen in these things. No. The scripture says, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're to be slaughtered like sheep. Verse 37 says, no. In all these things, despite these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. In all these things, in all of these struggles, in all these things that you can name, in all these miserable situations, you are overcoming and victorious and full of power. Let me give you the word. Here's, here's the word. It's a word that's only used once in Scripture. Only one time is this word used, and it's used right here. More than conquerors, overcomers, more than overcomers. It's the word hoop. You got to. It's hoop. 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 
who burn the cow. We are who burn the cow. And all of these things, what am I? Who burn the cow? It's only found once in the Bible. Paul, Paul had to make a word to say, you're not just victorious, you're super duper victorious. You're over the top victorious in all of these struggles and things that you'll find yourself in and things that you'll have to endure. What are you in the middle of all these things? You are Hoopal Nikkeo. Wowzers. <sighs> True story. True story, verse 36. And I am convinced, listen, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither fears for today, worries about tomorrow, nor the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. There's no power in the sky above or earth below. Indeed, nothing. I looked up nothing in the dictionary. It means nothing. Nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us. People still find ways to make it possible, even though God's word says it's not possible. Nothing created. Well, what are you? Are you created? Then you would be included in this. There's nothing that is created that can separate you from the love of God. If you are not faithful, he is faithful for his own sake, to you. He'll never relax his grip on you. Why that's so hard to get people's heads around, I don't know, but I will beat it in with the Holy Ghost two by four if I have to. Because God's goodness has been put at risk and I refuse to see my God slandered as a hopeless savior. He's powerful to save. He is mighty to save. Hey! He is mighty. No power, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Let me show you a couple pictures. You ready? There's me and there's the love of God. You got tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. I mean, those things, it's like a wall between me and the love of God. When some of those things happen, have you ever felt like I feel a little less loved today? I just feel a little left behind. I feel a little left out. I, I feel like all the promises of God, they're, they're over there and I'm over here. I'm feeling a little bit separated from his goodness. Well, let me give you another picture. Here's another one. It says, neither death nor angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, nor any other created thing. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that you could, you could feel like that's a lot of stuff that could get in the way of me and the goodness of God. And you can throw COVID in there because it is. You can throw every, every nasty thing, everything that's trying to attack you and keep you from manifesting all the righteousness of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. There's stuff that gets in the way. I mean, look at it. I'll put them all together. Look, when you put them all together, it just looks like a wall. It looks like there's a wall of stuff between me and the love of God. Have you ever been there? You ever felt like you're on the other side of a wall of stuff and you're feeling like, I'm not feeling the love today? Have you ever been there? Is it, is it only me? I mean, there's times you feel like a wall between you and the stuff. But let me tell you this. What this scripture says is nothing can separate you from the love of God. Watch this. You see, boom. Look at that. See that right there? See? You ready? You ready? You ready? Watch this. It's a miracle. Wow. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. There's the love of God. There's you. You are planted in there. 
and there is nothing. Because of the resurrection power of Christ, because he is risen, you are righteous, you are pure, you are holy, you are loved, and there's nothing fashioned in this world. Because of his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, you can never be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Can any of these things do it? No. In all of these things, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a true story. God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. It's, it's not a song that we just sing and feel good about, you know. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lived. Boom, 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 boom. Don't get too excited. We're going to stop right there. I'll give you one more verse. One more verse. One more verse. You ready? Just one more. That's all I got. John 11, 25 and 26. From the message, it says this. It says, you do not have to wait for the end. You don't have to wait for the end. We're not waiting it's not like the best days are ahead of us somewhere down the road. Won't it be wonderful then? You don't have to wait till the end. Here's what he said to Martha. He said, I am right now. The I am right now. Not won't it be wonderful then. Then all our tears will be washed away. Then everything's going to be okay. Oh, won't it be glorious then? Jesus said to Martha, don't you get it? Right now, I am the resurrection and the life. Listen, I am the resurrection and life right now. The one who believes in me, even though, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me ultimately does not die at all. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Even if you're watching online, you've jumped in or joined or got pulled into the stream. He is the resurrection of life. He's your God. He's the lover of your soul. And nothing can separate you from his love. He's revealed his love through giving his son. And the resurrection proves that he has sealed your righteousness. You've just got to say, you know what, Pastor? I believe. I believe. I heard a message of real good news. And you said it's for me. And I'm just simple enough to say, thank you, Jesus. I believe that you did it all for me. Come on, why don't you stand with me? Bless you, Lord. Just a little test for the cameramen. See if they can handle the shift. They're struggling. They're trying. Oh, there. Bless you, Lord. Everybody's praying. All the believers, you're praying. You're praying online. You're, we're all praying. Listen, if you've never done that, you've never said, Lord, be my Lord, be my Savior. You never said thank you. You've, you've never heard the message. You never knew it was that easy. You thought I had to join some church and enter 25 behavior programs. And you're going like, ah, it's just hard. You know, the most confusing thing about the gospel is its simplicity. That's why it's so offensive. It says it's a stumbling block to the Jew and it's offensive to the Greek. Because that can't be it. God stooped very, very low. God Almighty became like us. He entered into our situation and he delivered us completely. He did it all. God cut a deal with God. 
And he said, and in that deal, we're going to include you. He did all the heavy lifting. He did it all. And because of that, he is now able to say, if you'll believe right now that I am the righteousness, uh, that I am the resurrection and the life, says you believe that, you get that right now. There is eternity, and it begins now, but it's also the blessing of God in your life today. It says those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they reign in life through Christ Jesus. So if you want to say, hey, that's good news, I'll have some. Listen, right now, I'm going to count three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And if that's you, anyone in the room, if that's you, and you say, I want in on this, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to put up your hand really high. You ready? One, two, three. Just put up your hand very high, very high, very high. If you online, put up your hand. Say, I want in on this. I want this. If that's you online, say, put up your hand. Thank you. Look, we're all going to pray. We're all going to pray together. You ready? Lord Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for giving yourself for me. I believe that you died, that you were buried, and that you're risen from the dead. And I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Testify with my spirit that I am a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't, it's not welcome to church. It's welcome to the family of God. But if you got into the family of God, I know that you can find a good place and a community to help you unpack all of this wonderful good news. So if you did that for the first time online, you can click a button and you can go to that button and somebody will help you and they'll follow up with you. And we'll be sure that it wasn't just a decision you made, but you can enjoy the journey with a risen Savior. Amen. You know, we're still going to have next steps today. If you have done next steps or you've never done next steps, that means in the room, to, you go out those doors, and instead of going out, you go to the right. There's some snacks there, some good stuff going to keep you for 10 or 12 minutes. And it's just to let you know a little bit more about who we are and what's going on in the community. You can also go to Next Steps online. There's people there. You can click a button, go to our homepage. There's all the buttons to click there. You can go to Next Steps there. If you're here first time, you want to know a little bit more about the impact world, we're going to just take a boot. 10 or 12 more minutes, your Easter Sunday, and just let you, thank you for joining us and let you know a bit about us. All right, can I pray for y'all? Just turn to your neighbor with your eyes, say happy Easter. It's really, really good to see you. Isn't he a good God? Isn't he a good God? I'm telling you, he's a really good God. I pray you're blessed today in Jesus' name. Well, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful today. We are so grateful today that uh, we serve a risen Savior. Our God is alive. Our God is alive. You are the risen Savior today. And we thank you that we don't worship memories or talk about something that happened long ago. We have a Christ who is personal, and he's with us today. And we thank you that you are my risen Savior working in my life right now. So we bless you, and we thank you. We celebrate you today. We celebrate your goodness and your grace. And now, Lord, I bless this house. I bless everyone online. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. I pray the love of the Father, that love that we talked about right now, that we could never, ever be separated from. May the revelation of it deepen in each and every heart. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace. I thank you, Jesus, for your great love. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for your partnership. Put me on like a garment. Wear me around. Demonstrate the kingdom everywhere I go for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen.